Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and we watched several things this week, starting with The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode four on Disney Plus. So major spoilers for the plot of that, the plot of, you know, multiple MCU things. Just be caught up on Marvel if you're gonna listen to that part. We also watched Thunder Force, which is a Netflix original film. It's from Melissa McCarthy and her husband Ben Falcone, and it stars Octavia Spencer as well as Melissa McCarthy. The premise is in a world where supervillains are commonplace, two estranged childhood best friends reunite after one devises a treatment that gives them powers to protect their city. The other thing we watched is the first episode of a new series called The Nevers, which is on HBO Max, and it's set in Victorian England. It features these characters who have been given abnormal powers. Most of them are women. And then we're following this sort of almost Watson and Holmes-esque pair who are gifted as well. We are not 100% sure what the plot is, but major spoilers for it because we do go into what at least we understood. Also, just a warning, the show is created by and the first six episodes are produced by Joss Whedon. We knew this going into it. We're not happy about that. We don't want to support people who are accused of abusive behavior and the only reason I'm saying accused is you have to for legal reasons because anyway but we believe victims on this podcast also we wanted to have a discussion about it because Joss Whedon is someone who has produced a lot of work that a lot of us are fans of and we want to talk about the ability to separate art from artist and what that feels like and because this is his latest project it actually felt like a good time to talk about it between this and the Snyder Cut and all the accusations coming from both men and women aimed at Joss Whedon and just unfortunately if you're unaware there's accusations of everything from verbal abuse, physical abuse, infidelity, threatening to end people's careers. Just it's not it's not good. It's not the worst of the you know, it's not like Harvey Weinstein level bad, but that doesn't make it okay. So major plot spoilers for the Nevers. Again, a sort of a content warning for the Joss Whedon discussion. And then be sure to stay tuned after the episode as we have a couple follow up points. And without further ado, here's we're watching what? Yeah. Uh oh. All right. Jackie has a confession to make, starting with uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. No, it's not. With, it's not a confession about Falcon Winter Soldier. That was last week's confession. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just don't. Doesn't she doesn't rewind. listen to the words that they say. <laughs> right, but she rewinds at least. But I, I actually don't rewind. So yeah, I don't rewind. Um, so yeah. I do actually care about the plot, unlike some people. She acquires I, the info. Yeah. I. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm honestly. I'm starting to care less. But how to? How much did you do like this week? I loved it. Of course you did. I mean, for me, it's just the Dora Milaje has jurisdiction wherever the Dora Milaje finds themselves to be. I mean, uh, that's all I really needed from it, but I loved it. I thought it was the strongest episode so far. I give them their own show, honestly. I would would take it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I enjoyed it. I had a really good time watching it. Like all the episodes, I had to rewind a bunch. So I don't know what that means, but I did rewind and I did enjoy. (laughs) That makes one of us. I, you know, I thought it was a little, a little obnoxious that he's building trust with her. And then, you know, a Captain America shows up, you know, and now she isn't sure she trusts him. I mean, that was a little tropey. I think there was like a more interesting story way to get there, maybe. But I'm in for the drama. I'm enjoying her dilemma. And obviously, like... We're talking about Carly, right? Carly. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I liked conversation between her and Falcon. I thought that was really interesting. I just think getting interrupted by bad Captain America was just kind of like an obvious kind of annoying plot point. But yeah, I didn't mind that one only just because it's like she's already kind of unsure about Sam because of he is an Avenger and it's like the do-gooders, do-gooders and stuff. And then to have that kind of show up was a big break in trust where it's like, oh, you have your well, whole like, it is. That's team back there of... waiting for this, you know, instead well, of just yeah. talking to me. So I liked it. 
but it's just like an obvious yeah it was it felt very it's just like very like this is this is where you go now but i think it would have been more interesting if something hadn't interrupted them and to see if she could have trusted him or what would have happened there like i think that would be more interesting but i mean small small gripe really Less black and white, I think, in terms of yeah. her spectrum of trust. I do remember what happened this episode. It was the Super Serum episode. It, it's coming back to me. I, that's the problem is I watch them so early on Friday mornings, and then I just sort of purge them from my brain until Monday <laughs> evenings, and I have to remember everything that happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say, again, I would like the Baron Zemo show. This He is carrying the show for me at this point. He is my absolute favorite. Yeah, he's fantastic. I thought it was interesting that we kind of got a conversation with him really, really like doubling or tripling or quadrupling down, if you will, about being so anti the serum. Not, Mm -hmm. I mean, I understand why he is, but I, you know, with with all these theories about him kind of forming the Thunderbolts, some of the people that I have thought would be on that roster with him here are people who have taken the serum. So it's interesting because he seems to not trust any of them. And so I'm wondering if that is where we're going. Or if maybe he'll have a coming around moment or something. But I kind of thought he wanted Carly. But then in this, it was very kind of like he's talking like, no, she needs to be put down. (laughs) So maybe not. But then you've got Bucky. And then now with John Walker, by the end of it, having taken it, uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of what direction they do take it in and where we're going to see Zemo next and what he's doing. I liked seeing AO. I liked the the backstory. I, I mean, I love a this tragic backstory. So, you know, I ate, I ate that up when they were at the fire and realizations. And I think he did a really good job with it, too, acting-wise anyway. And then yeah, I, I love, love yeah. that scene. Because do you? I don't know if you remember, like, I don't know why it sticks in my brain, but when you see him in Infinity War and they, they get to Wakanda finally and he sees Steve for the first time since, like, Winter Soldier, he's like, a giddy little kid like oh my god an emotion about seeing his best friend and this and that which is great but now it kind of adds a little more weight to it because he's now at that point in time been kind of cured of his winter soldier uh, code words that, that would set him off <laughs> so I, I like that i liked getting that little that little nugget that was kind of cool yeah i don't i actually do remember when at least when we see him again i think it was like that post credit scene where you see him where that falls in the timeline is you know sort of yeah like- so that was like civil war and then i'm assuming and then i'm assuming this took place at least between that and then right the deep programming right right so i thought that was kind of cool but yeah i don't know i was into that and then i really loved when carly did call sarah sam's sister i loved that sarah said the line like the thing we've been talking about but she was like my world doesn't matter to america so why would i care about its mask yes. you know i, I like, love yeah. that I, liked, I did the whole like meryl streep standing up at the oscars clap like yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was in for that i loved that and that uh you know, and I agree that that scene with Sam and Carly, I thought was really, really good. I thought that was pretty powerful. And I, I think his uh, acting is getting there more so for me. I don't think he's like it's amazing. Better. But I mean, it's, he's, yeah. no, he's no. It's still, I'm still struggling a little I, bit. I, I was here no for him. He's no Stan, but he's, you know. Yeah, I, I was here for him this up. And I really liked when he was talking about, I agree with your fight. I just can't do it the way you're doing it. Like that kind of thing. I thought that was a really cool line. And I like seeing that he's very much. It almost feels like everyone kind of has their own personal feelings about what's going on and none of them want to fully share it with each other mm-hmm. because you're agreeing with someone who is being labeled a supremacist kind of, even though you, you don't agree with what she's doing, but it's like, I don't know that Bucky would see it the same way. So it's kind of, I don't know if it's the racial divide or what it is, but it's just this kind of thing where I, I like that we're getting the little, we're getting little tidbits on everyone's personal feelings about what's happening and it's all kind of gray area. You know, what you're saying is this could all be solved with one conversation. Potentially. Which is Jackie's least favorite type of plot. 
Well, I think the situations are all complicated. I just mean, I think that our heroes that we're watching all kind of have their own thoughts on what's going on. And then that brings me to Sharon Carter. I'm kind of worried that she may actually be the power broker at this point. Oh, because here's the thing. Like, I, I really, th- but you were, I feel like we were all on board with this last week. Oh, I didn't necessarily, I wouldn't be like anti it if they did it in a really, really effect, like effective way, I guess. But I, I would rather it not be her just because I remember even last week, I think I said, I thought it would be a little bit of a stretch that she would be. I think that she might be working with him or might, might, or might be indebted or her. to or her. Well, I was going to say she genders him as a him. But I was trying to mm. look back and see. I don't know that anyone else in the show is gendering this this character, and so it makes me that made me start thinking. And then they might have, so I could be totally wrong. But I just noticed her say he him when talking about the power broker being mad that they killed the, the N- Nagel or Nagel or however you say his name, the doctor. And when you kind of look back, when the, the lady who's talking to them at, in Madripoor gets killed, and like Sharon is obviously not in the room and is like saving them in that situation. And she's hooded in the bar and all this stuff. And kind of, who is this this mysterious person like trying to be undercover? And then she leads them to the place where they go and meet the doctor. She comes in there as the doctor gets killed. So there's no time to say, hey, like the doctor would know that's the power broker if, if it was her. So you know what I mean? Like these people that could ID her as the broker, she's not around them at the same time that Bucky and Sam are. You know, and then she, but so I just thought her involvement in this episode with them calling her Sam calling her real quick. And then like later on, she's like tracking John Walker. I just thought it was a little like, okay, you're just trying to keep Sharon in the show, but you're not really giving her much of a role. You know? Right. And so the only way that they could solve for that is, or not the only, but a way they could solve for that is having her revealed as the power broker. And we have two more episodes and we haven't met this character. So it's a thing where it's either going to be her or maybe someone we already know, because it's yeah. just a situation where like, they're not going to intro a new character in the last two episodes. You think maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, the other thing is we're assuming that this ends at season one. True. You know, we don't know where wow. the goal of this is. True, true. We don't know if we're setting up a season two. We don't know if we're setting oh, up you know, that into the movies. I really hate that. Well, I'm just thinking about, you know, the very first episode where they introduced what's his face, the the buddy to, you know, he was super gung ho, the, the kid in the army. Oh, I know. Um, yeah. Walking towards. Yeah. And we haven't seen him since. Hardly. Right. We, we spent a fair amount of time with him in the first episode, considering this is only a, you know, six hour endeavor mm-hmm. and then either he's going to appear again and at this point because there's only two left it's going to feel pretty abrupt to me or watch me be wrong and this whole week this week's entire episode will be like him coming to save the day and combating the power broker but it just felt like we we intro this character and then we just haven't seen them since and so i could very much see them being like surprise we're getting ready for like a season two you know or like yeah, something yeah. like that very unfulfilled or they're setting up movies like we just don't know what's coming and i i'm concerned again about the amount of time left yeah no you're right i mean we could we could absolutely be getting a situation kind of like ahsoka showing up and then now ahsoka's getting her own show right because i kind of think so so it's like with the walking taurus stuff i know at least from what i know of him in the comics i I know I, i think it's the power broker in the comics that does it but experiments on him with red wing which is falcon's actual falcon in the comics and that's why he becomes kind of an actual bird person <laughs> you know and i don't think they're going to go there here but maybe there will be something and maybe the power broker will be deeply teased and we'll kind of meet this character and then maybe yeah maybe there is something moving forward where these other characters will matter more yeah that's interesting i don't, I don't really know because i keep thinking of these all as one season shows that are kind of anecdotal too, to set it, up the movies it <laughs> yeah thing, it doesn't i just i was thinking the whole time it would be one season but now i'm not just, i mean at this anymore. 
At this point, they've made it relatively clear that these are no longer movie carrying. They don't have the potential. I mean, that's not true, but they they have designated them as TV show characters. That doesn't mean they won't show up in the movies, I'm sure. But they are saying like, okay, well, we are actually choosing to explore you through the shows. Therefore, you're probably not going to get a flagship movie at this point, right? Right. We've already laid out the next few years movies and none of them are centering around them. Also, I'm just trying to imagine in the next two episodes, plausibly getting Cap's shield back. You know, the, the shield is a symbol, obviously, and the mm-hmm. shield could be destroyed, the shield could be whatever, but I feel like they are trying to set up retrieving the physical, actual shield yeah. from John Walker. And I'm just like, I don't see how to plausibly do it. Sort of killing him, which we probably can't anymore because he now has to, you know, is taking the serum and it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot to wrap up in two episodes. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we are back. It's a ton. And I think the question that popped into my mind after the ending of this episode, which I loved the last shot of the episode with that bloody shield and stuff. I just like, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, they're going there. It made me think, okay, so is the U.S. government, because now he's being filmed, is the U.S. government going to fire this guy? Or are they going to excuse it away because he's white? And like, trying Ooh, to be like, our, you know, like, what are they going to do here? Like, how is the U.S. going to react to this? Because they're going to know right. right away. So that's, yeah. I'm very, very interested to get that answer. And I think that's going to really dictate what you're saying because it's like if they were to fire him i I mean i can't imagine he would go i mean i guess maybe he'd go rogue they really i really think they're doing a good job setting him up as this kind of a guy with a troubled military past and i i know that's kind of trite and we get that a lot but i think we talked about it in other podcasts earlier in the year talking about other movies and stuff about how these people come home from war and they're actually damaged yeah not enough care taken around that and i kind of like they did that and talking about his badges of honor and how he doesn't feel good about those because of the things he had to do and he's trying to be good here yeah i kind of appreciated how long they waited to tell us that they let him set up really far before we got to a point where we're like well maybe his his military career was questionable Mm -hmm. though i think kind of personally it would have been more interesting to me if he was just a good guy or like someone who who was vaguely qualified to make it more gray you know? Yeah, I, I mean, this is going to bring it down, but it's given everything that has happened in the past year, in the past, however, since the founding of this country, you know, we are recording this on the evening of Dante Wright's murder or like within the 24 hours of and the fact that, you know, the officers were given due process and like not, you know, shot on the spot or whatever. The, the fact that like shit like this happens and is happening way too often. And yes, Marvel is existing in a comic fictional universe, but it's based in ours. I could 100% see a world in which they don't disown him for what it is. It's a terrorist. It's a whatever. It's a, you know, he was doing, he was saving the country this and they just dismiss his behavior and don't condone it. And that, that actually might hopefully would be in that scenario would be what would set Sam and Bucky off or actually what I think would truly like, you know, set Sam over the edge and be like, we got, we got it. Okay. This is too far. Well, I, I think, I mean, I think it's not believable if they don't. Right. Yeah, but they've been tiptoeing around it and they haven't gone there yet. And I just don't know. And again, the show was also written prior to filmed, finished in the can. But I, d- I don't know when it was filmed in relation to the George Floyd stuff. But I, I have not seen that commitment from that yet. And I do worry if they are going to successfully be able to do that in only two episodes or they're going to have to announce the season two or something along those lines if they want to do it justice. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, because I think when we talk about what's going on in the world, this is on such a more global eyes, I guess, like platform where it's like 
this is the mascot of the entire country going and actually murdering somebody in cold blood on camera. Right. And it'll be interesting to see. It's like that is a country responding to something. Whereas when these things happen in our country, there's so many things that stand in the way from, again, I know we're not going to be a communist regime here, but there's so many things that stand in the way or a dictatorship of like one person being able to say, this is what needs to happen to you for punishment. It's like, you know, whereas Mm -hmm. like in this world, we might get something closer to that in an interesting way. But I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm very, that currently is one of the storylines I'm very fascinated to kind of see where they go with it. Because I do think they've made sure that they don't want us to like the character. But I would argue they've also made, in my opinion anyway, up until that murder, made him somewhat empathetic. A character that you can kind of empathize with. I have empathized with the difficult position he finds himself in and I, I like the I think I might have said this before in the past but I like that we're setting up this idea of Captain America existing as America's icon because Steve Rogers is just that pure and that great and so he became the icon versus being hired to try to act like you're that pure and great because you have to now be the icon right you know and I think that that's an interesting kind of difference that we're getting a definition for here and I'm liking that but he has a lot, an incredible amount of pressure to try to live up to a mantle and then now do his the job and one of these first jobs assignments he's on. And then these guys are standing in his way at every corner and, yeah, and not no, respecting him at all. I mean, I think they did a great job of making him more shades of gray than yeah. I expected, right? Same. They made him his point of view, if not something he would do, at least understood, right? You can see totally. what his motivations are and there are not just... Yeah, and then Carly killing Lamar Hoskins right in front of him. I understood the rage from him in that moment, but then I liked the kind of parallel to Steve watching Bucky die or thinking he watched him fully die in the first Captain America and then the difference in the reaction. (laughs) You know, it kind of really highlights it in a really powerful way. Because, you know, as far as I know, Lamar is always alive in the comics, so I thought that was pretty... I was very surprised they killed him. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because you did point out you're like, oh yeah, Battlestar is eventually. And I was like, okay, cool. Like he's gonna, he's gonna be another one of these sort of side characters yeah. that we introduce, and then I was like, oh no, guess not. Oh. No, oh. whoops. Yeah. Okay, and can we just Although, talk about? Oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say like, of course they killed the black side. I know. Like, and I was, it was just, it was like you can't have two in one show apparently. I know. And if someone major had to die, it was going to be the black guy. And it's like, can we talk about the nerve of John Walker, like going in in this ending sequence and like sending Lamar up to be the one to do the investigating when this guy knows damn well that he just took the serum. Right. You go. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I was like, ew. So he lost a little bit of, uh, I don't respect him, but he lost a little bit of whatever empathy or whatever. Credibility. Yeah, in that moment. (laughs) He built for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just really digging the show, and it's another kind of it's, it's similar to some of the thoughts we had with WandaVision, where it's these last couple episodes are really going to kind of dictate my entire feeling of it. Like, is it going to leave right. just totally underwhelmed, or is it going to be like, oh wow, this whole thing was awesome? Or I don't know. But I'm, I'm so far, I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I'm still very much on the fence. But I felt like I was on the fence on, on WandaVision up until the very end. But the, I, there's stuff that I'm like. Why did you introduce this then? Like the thing with the the friend in the beginning, the old Asian man friend. I was like, oh, I love this story. Oh, we're not going. We're not going anywhere with this. Yeah. Where's my resolution here? Why did you do this to me? Well, and like a potential little romance and stuff, and like so, yeah. I mean, just not that everything needs a love story, but it's just yeah, it's like what, wait, what? Like there are some loose ends that just have not been revisited. Right. Yeah, I agree. But I'm 
Oh yeah, we're gonna stick with it. it. Yeah. Like, we're, not, yeah. it. Yeah, we're not pretending otherwise. It's like Dana's like, you know. yeah, I think I'm done. I don't think I. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm good. Just tell me how it ends. Yeah. She's like, I'm actually good. I'm kind of. Yeah. I'll let the internet tell me how it ends. I'll just. It's fine. Spoilers or not. Well, speaking of superheroes. Yes. We also want. Do we have to? I said we don't have to do this. You both decided to do this. I gave you multiple exit points on this, but we walked into the Thunder Force. It is is absolutely true. true. She was very. Yeah, I didn't John Walker you. I went and did the investigation first. I watched the film and I said, you know what? It's okay if we don't watch this. And you two said, no, we're going to watch it. No, you you did. You did say that. And we tried. Did we listen? We didn't listen at all. Nope. We still watched it. We still. Yep. How did you, how did you feel? Well, you know, it's interesting because we actually watched it together, but then decided to turn it off. And then I, well, then I went back and finished it sober. Oh, did you? And it was just very, very different experiences, but neither, neither good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The first 10, 15 minutes. I was actually, like, when they were young kids, I was, I, I was like, okay, this, you know, I laughed a little bit. I thought there was some relatively okay written, especially I knew going into it, it was written by a man. I was like, you know, there's some decent female forward jokes here. And then it just, it just fell apart so quickly. So, so quickly for me. It was just not funny. Just nothing landed. No. You know, and what's no. interesting is, so nothing was funny at all when we were watching it. And then when I started watching the rest of it sober, one of the first scenes that I started that I was on at that time was the date, like the dinner with Jason, or, yeah. you know, and it's, what's really embarrassing is there were a couple little lines in that, that I laughed at. And then I was like, Oh, is this not as bad as I thought? And then it was like, no, this is actually worse. No, than it I is. It, yeah. Yeah. But I did laugh at like a couple little lines there, but it, the sad thing is her husband, Melissa McCarthy's husband wrote and directed this. And it's like, when are we, it, it, will this ever end? This is, this is my thoughts on them. I don't think they should be allowed to do their own stuff anymore. No. I think they should be allowed to work together. And I think they can absolutely be sure. like creative inputs. But I think they just need one third party, like one partner in this, one objective person at least, to help them with this stuff. Because they are just left unchecked. They are not, like between this and super intelligence, I'm like, nope, it's, well, I know you had to be fair. To thing. be fair though, I would have green, greenlit them before this. If I hadn't watched super intelligence... I would have been like, yeah, that's a good idea. You guys should work together. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, w- I might have, but I have this really guilty pleasure moment with the movie Life of the Party, which I know is not a great film, but I did find parts of it funny. But they have together done Tammy, The Boss, Life of the Party, Super Intelligence, and now this. And it's just like out of all of those, I find one of them mildly Oh, uh, I thought Super amusing. Intelligence was the first one. No, he directed all those movies. The boss wasn't terrible, was it? I, I mean, it, it tried. It had some moments that were like, That was okay, the Girl Scout cookie uh, one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I may have watched it on a plane. It had moments that I was okay with, but it wasn't like, it, it just, it wasn't great. There's always three scenes that are sort of maybe funny. And I think if you, like, it feels like a bunch of SNL skits that are, mm-hmm. could be funny and could be hit or miss depending on the host. And it's funny because she's a great SNL host. 
the the whole Jackie, did you make it? You made it to the crab part, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That to me, I was like, I like that type of surreal humor when it's done well. But because I kept waiting for there to be a punchline about them not actually flirting when they first meet, I thought it was going to be like him making fun of her weight or so, just something like that. I didn't think they were actually flirting. And so when they actually go on the date, I was like, oh, oh, this was meant to be serious. They were, that was a serious, serious is in quotes, but you know, that was, a, it was meant to be authentically flirting as ca- these characters. I know. It just spoke volumes about the whole problem for me when that, like, I couldn't take them seriously. I was waiting for her to be the punchline. And that's not a fun way to watch a movie. Right, right. Yeah. Like, money clearly went into this. Yeah. So much money. Oh, Melissa McCarthy has two Academy Award nominations. Melissa Leo, who played the bodyguard, who I did not recognize at all as the bodyguard. I did, and I was like, what is she doing? She has one, (laughs) one nomination, one win. Octavia Spencer has three nominations, one of which she won for. So that's seven amongst them. Seven Academy Award nominations. And yeah. two of those are wins. And, I and was, those are just and the was, actors. Who yeah. knows who else has been involved with awards on, on totally. this projection? Like just I just I mean, and I love Octavia Spencer, but man, was this like the flattest performance ever? I just I know. Mm, is it worse than the witches? <laughs> I was like, hmm. I mean, yeah, but it's oh. up there. Yeah, it was not good. Honestly, when looking at super intelligence and the witches, and now this, it's like these two ladies have got to get their shit together. (laughs) I didn't realize they were actually best friends. They're like super close in real life. Are they? Oh, that's yeah. Oh, this is what's wrong. You can't just get your friends together to make a movie. Well, clearly, Bobby Cannavale is like friends with them all, and someone has to be around to be like it's not good. Somebody has to be the adult, I think, is really what yeah. it comes down to. And I don't think there's an adult on those sets. I have to say, though, I almost have to kind of disagree in a way where I'm like, I may be unpopular in some of these movies that I like, but I will say whenever Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are together, or you have Kristen Wiig or, and, like, you know, Maya Rudolph together, I think that they're hilarious. No, agreed. But and these so it's like they are real friends. It. Well, no, I Yeah, yeah, we're not saying friends have to, but with this group. There needs oh, and, to be an but adult, I just mean it makes me. No it just makes me even more disappointed because I'm like, this should have been a recipe for success right. because they right. are they yeah. this in, in person? Are they do they have no chemistry if they're best friends? It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> How is that possible? So like that would have been it maybe even made me think more. Oh, they'll be funny just because why wouldn't they be? Because they're best friends. It's like no. There so were so I didn't find out they were friends until well after I watched the film and then going back did my review for it and I was like oh it just feels like this was a bunch of people getting together and being like do you want to make a movie and like getting their friends together and being like yeah. let's make a movie for fun and then expecting other people to enjoy it and I was like it might have been a fun set like maybe that's why they got together and then I was like oh they actually are friends so yes this is just what they and we are expected to consume mm. it and enjoy it I, yeah what a mess it was it was real bad. Yeah, they I'm like really more need, upset now. No, they, need, they need some sort of critic. Yeah. yeah, they just need somebody to be like, no, this is an in joke that's just not going to translate. If you're going to use this, you're going to spend money, and you want people to spend time on this, you, you got to cut it. The big problem also is that the fact that now we've got two movies by Melissa and Ben that are both Netflix, like so streaming, right? That the metrics for success of the movie. Well, so the other different. one was HBO Max. Oh, that was HBO Max. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, stream, direct streaming services, the metrics of success that these streaming platforms look at is so different than what you'd look at box office numbers. So like the numbers won't even like necessarily deter this from continuing to happen for a while. <laughs> it's like it can, it can continue to happen. I have to look this up, but I feel like they had development deals, but, which is why it makes it more interesting that Superintelligence landed at one and another right. landed at Netflix. Because I could imagine them being the type to be like, oh, yes, you know, you have a one-off development deal with like an exclusive development deal with one of these platforms. But, sure. 
Oh, Barb and Star is everything I wanted this type of film to be, where it's just two friends having, a, they have a super weird sense of humor. It just works on screen together. They probably had a bunch of fun together. It's it's more niche, but it just, it worked for me at least. And I was like, it's super funny. I want to recommend it to everyone. It had surreal elements. I'm talking about Barb and Star, not this, and I want to recommend this to anyone. <laughs> so that's like a successful case. And then this is just one that did not, because, you know, Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumlo are best friends in real life and it's yeah. the writing partners and you can you can just tell that there was the same sort of chemistry available and it actually succeeded versus this, which just fell so flat on its face. Sure. Yeah, I agree 100 percent. No, we actually we actually put on Barb and Star instead. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Jackie hadn't seen it. Oh, that is the correct decision. Not having known that and just saying what I said. How did you feel about Barb and Star? No, I liked I really liked Barb and Star, actually. Like, Excellent. I think it was pretty funny. I got a little tired because we were already sort of mellowed from the first sure. movie. But I think that if I uh, if I saw it again, I think I'd laugh more too. But I I liked that like they were just people you think you could know. You know what I mean? But they were hilarious yeah. at the same time. But they were definitely like felt like pretty authentically best friends and had a good banter situation. That was great. Like a dry. Yeah, I'm glad my recommendation not know again. I really didn't know that that's what you watched after. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, that was on the nose. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. And I was saying to Jackie because I know with Jackie's humor, I know like the only type of movie like that that I know of that she really likes is the first Zoolander. And I was like, it kind of gives me vibes of the first Zoolander. And honestly, Kristen Wiig's villain in this film gives me Mugatu vibes. And mm-hmm. what's interesting about that statement is that I think wasn't Kristen Wiig the villain in the atrocity that was Zoolander too? And it was horrifying. And I think oh, she I was. Oh, I did not see Zoolander. And I'm I could not, pretty I, sure she was. The, I'm going to look it up, but I'm pretty sure she was the villain in it. And I was like, maybe this is like her effort to redo. Oh my God. Maybe she was. This is <laughs> a tone to atone for. This is her redemption arc. I'm yeah. Because I was like, I remember being really excited about her in that movie. And Jackie and I actually went to downtown LA. She was visiting her birthday weekend when that came out. And I remember we went to go see it. And we were both like, you might as well kill me. Which we should have known. It was Feb- my I'm born in February. So, you know, that's where movies go to die for the most part. Yes, except for horror movies. Weirdly, I will say there are like, a new life in. I yeah. have had some February releases I enjoy, but it's very rare. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they happen, but more often than not. It's... More often than not, it's like, ooh, ah, it's a, it's wanted to hide this somewhere. Yeah, I can actually, now that we say that, I'm thinking of a bunch of February movies that are good, but they are the, the exception, not the rule. Okay, so, so Thunder Force, recommending that to everyone, it sounds like. Yeah, anyone you dislike quite a bit. Anyone you want to suffer? Again, I warned you both. I you I did, said you, you you did your this duty. Is your, we this did is not your... listen. So yep. Yep. that's on us. Yeah, I would say if you're a person and you have eyes and ears, you should watch Thunder Force. <laughs> <laughs> because Matt no. hates everyone. What's funny is actually I always say how like I don't like to say I won't recommend it. Like if you want to watch it, you should. This no, absolutely. I would I would say do anything but. <laughs> so, so I went to go get like a snack and my parents I heard my parents were watching it and I yeah. heard a line for they were at the date scene and I just like you know in the background heard and without meaning to my just my automatic reaction was go oh no <laughs> I was like are you watching Thunder Force and I said yeah oh it was they, they did not they even they did not enjoy it and they are desperate for <laughs> to watch. yeah so oh. I was like oh, yeah yeah my, uh, they compared it to Artemis Fowl which is oh. one of, yeah, yeah. I made them watch I mean, that. honestly, fair. <laughs> yes. I think I enjoyed Artemis Fowl more, and I hated it, but I think I enjoyed it more. Yeah, I mean, I definitely enjoyed it more, but I, I think yeah. it's 
not a but I actually well, have not zero expectations for Artemis Fowl. Yeah, I was like, I know this is going to be a disaster, and like that's the only reason I watched Artemis Fowl with them is because I, like I can't watch movies with them because they talk and they yeah. just it's. But I was like, I don't care about Artemis Fowl. <laughs> <laughs> just, just play it. Just, just play. Just, Ask ask questions. Don't care. Don't have answers. There's no valid <laughs> answers to it. That's how I kind of feel about Thunder Force. And I hate I hate that. I want to support them, but Me I just I, because I really honestly, wanted to. I wanted to support. Well, honestly, like the story of like husband and wife writing, directing, and like she's starring and he cameos and blah blah blah. Like I like it. She's well, starring. and I like that it's you know it's built on her street cred, not his. So yeah. I like that she is the valuable member of the team. Also, like yeah, anyway, okay. This movie doesn't she, deserve this much time for Marvel. She also is just so hilarious. It's so disappointing. Because when she gets it right, she gets it so right. Yeah, but when she gets it wrong, Oof. it's devastating. So wrong. So wrong. All right, the other thing we watched is the Nevers. We did watch that. Yes. That was something we watched. We're going to set aside any controversy involved in it and try it, we'll talk about that because I think we have to address okay. it. But as just as a show, if you didn't know who was behind it, how did you feel? I didn't really like it. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to I wanted to like this so bad, but I was very disappointed, honestly, just from the trailer to this cuz the trailer I hadn't realized um who the director was at that point. So I was honestly excited for it. I think I texted both of you about it and was like, oh, what's this? And you're like, yeah, just go ahead. And then I went, oh, no, it's, we went, yeah, we, I think we, we all went, oh, no, it's just Yeah, we me. had a whole conversation because it looks We had like a good. whole thing where it was like, I was excited about it for a minute before we could, you know, the controversy could right. creep in. So I did really genuinely want to like this. I found everybody really dull, honestly. And I. No one was captivating. And I don't understand how. Because yeah. it was a very interesting idea. The whole premise is interesting, if not sort of trite, like, you know, Peculiar School, Miss Peregrine, or whatever that's called. Did anyone watch Carnival Row, I want to say? Mm-hmm. Oh, I never did. This that, that was equally bad. This gave me those sort of vibes where it's just like murder, mystery, people have powers, we're set in a, I don't even know, when is the never set? What is Carnival Row yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I, I could it's, see the it's like old timey. That one is Orlando Bloom and Cardell Levine, but this is yeah, this is also visually yeah. very well, similar. It looked very similar to that, and it and it and honestly, that wasn't even a great show. But I I, I did watch that Carnival Row. I forgot until you said Orlando Bloom's name, and then I was like, oh yeah, that's who. That's what that show was called. Um, so that's how I feel about it, I guess. But I I mean I will say that like. I found that show more compelling than this one so far. I actually liked Carnival Row by the end. I don't think it's great or good even, but I liked it by the end because some stories were able to come, like, captivate me. And maybe this will go there. I just don't feel confident that I'm going to let it. Like, I, I just can't imagine watching another episode. I don't remember if I watched Carnival. I feel like I watched it when I first... No, I might have just let it autoplay, so I, like, watched three episodes of it. I did not pay a lot of attention yeah. to it, though. And, but this, I'm like, I have no desire to watch episode two. I was more... Because I agree with the comparison fully, but I, but I was more interested in Carnival Row off the bat because it was building a world that was really a like a commentary on, you know, racism and social issues and stuff like that. Whereas mm-hmm. this, so far, I'm kind of like, and? Like, what's the point of this? Besides being, you know, maybe feminist and that's great, but like, what's the point beyond that so far? I don't know. I think it's trying to be like mental health and... Well, disability. I mean, to be fair, there was like a wheelchair user, which was shocking. Although ironically, not one of the nevers or whatever they're called, like the people with the powers. Right. Well, and also, um, I mean, the actress isn't disabled, but I mean, there is wheelchair users, at least. 
Yeah. I guess I liked that for the most part, most of the actors were people that I wasn't familiar with. Most of them were. That you were what? A couple that I wasn't familiar with already. So I do always like, okay, cool. But then, you know, they just weren't compelling at all. And I thought that the main girl was confusing because sometimes she was really stiff and kind of just so serious and stiff. And at other times she seemed like she wanted to be, you know, witty. I mean, weird. So I wasn't really sure what she was. I think that's more tonally Joe wise. The brunette. Do you think that I I thought the brunette was the main girl. Oh yeah. I took it as she was because we were like following her more, more closely. I felt, but I don't know. But then the other girl that was with her, I think she's more blonde. Mm-hmm. She was, in my mind, the one that they were hoping was kind of like the quirky, funny one. And I just didn't laugh at anything she said or did. And I don't know if, I'm not saying that she had to be like the comedic, but I just mean it was, yeah, tonally it was off. It was just. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's the actress's fault, just because, just the dialogue, right? That whole scene where the car transforms and yeah. Burnett, main girl, is, says to the girl there was, she's like, this isn't normal for us either. You know, whoever, one of them mm-hmm. says that to her. I was like, where did this come from? You just didn't aside. Like, we've not, what? I mean, I, also, it's the first episode. So they're establishing tone. Sure. So it's like, maybe that's what, but it just, it felt so out of place compared to everything else that they'd just done. Well, and it seems yeah. bizarre because they clearly made a spectacle of themselves. They couldn't figure out like why making a spectacle of yourself was a good idea when someone was after them trying to kill them. So like, yeah, it's not, you no. would have just led them to your lair. Like you don't, yeah, you, it was, it was literally the entire sequence was literally just to have a weird car chase. steampunk car burst out of the back like, of a horse-drawn carriage and it's like they just wanted to show that little surprise and that's what the whole sequence was for and it's ridiculous and i have really thought more people should have been like surprised what's by going on, on the streets yeah. like you have never even seen something like this <laughs> like a motorized car like all right. this whatever like they, they, none of them really seem to care all that much unless they have and it's not surprising in that world i don't know i mean the extras looked very shocked so it was just kind of yeah. like I don't know. It just seemed like such bad storytelling, you know, especially yeah. like sort of immediately. And then and then the weird nudity was just so like, so boring. obviously like oh, we're on HBO. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I totally zoned out. When was there weird nudity? So the one guy, he like woke up from a threesome. The um, Yeah, he woke up in bed. Oh, with two naked I must have like, and then like you pan across one the breasts the and, you know, you see his buttocks oh. and. Okay, you know. sure. And I mean, I guess it was, he was with a guy and a girl. So it's like, okay, so you got some. Slightly you know, progressive. Just, you know, that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, you see just her boobs. Oh, you knew. I, like, one thing I knew, I was like, I know they're setting up an orgy at some point oh, with this like sure. fairyman club. I'm not, I can't, I'm not going to stick with no, it. I'm just either. talking about it is exhausting. Yeah, like, it's, it's just exhausting. And honestly, you know, this movie that I'm about to reference is horrifying. But it really felt like the entire idea of this feels kind of contrived from like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is a really good mm-hmm. comic. Mm-hmm. And that graphic novel is really great. That movie's really not great. But it really felt like it was trying to do what that did and just not well, just not interesting enough. And I, I'm sorry, that villain, that main girl, I, I found her so annoying. Not interesting, so annoying. I don't think she's going to be the main villain. Well, I guess I meant the main girl, I guess, in this narrative we were watching but yeah oh sure yeah in the next i mean i saw that this season on she's in it a lot but who knows yeah i think that there's probably someone pulling the strings above her but i just mean that girl i was like i just couldn't i couldn't not into it but it kind of brings us to the to touch on the the controversy i had said this to jackie actually in random passing that one of the things i was before we get into how we feel about should we support something right like this that this guy's mm-hmm. behind my other big question about it was say what we want about joss whedon as a person based on any accusations things like that he has done some really great things uh you know entertainment wise right and he mm-hmm. has proven that he is an effective storyteller and it's a thing where if this ended up being really great, if they've severed ties with him, I have no faith that a season two would be good. 
because I'm just like, they're just going to have to come in and try to like make stories out of the idea he gave them. You know what I mean? So I don't even know that I would want to. (laughs) That's very valid. They've almost done us a favor in that I was so worried that this was going to be really good and I was going to want to watch it and just feel like I'm really struggling with Joss Whedon in that. I mean, I've I've talked about this before. I'm not someone who can easily separate art and artist. And Joss Whedon has been responsible, Avengers aside, for some things I really love. And it's been popping up like left and right. I was transferring computers and doing all this stuff. And I saw all these photos and it's all from Comic-Con. And I remember being at the Firefly reunion panel and just being like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. Oh my God, Joss Whedon. Oh, I'm so happy. And just being like, delete, photo, delete. And then thinking, I was like, am I going to regret deleting these later? Probably, but probably not. I just, I can't, I can't have them. I don't care enough anymore. And just, he's touched so many fandoms that I am invested in and responsible for a lot of them and i'm just like oh i don't like liking this anymore damn it we don't you know the extent of his accusations are bad but not as bad as some of the other people who i'm also just like i can't watch it. i can't well I can't. and i think too there is a discussion like not wanting to support a certain person but then there are a lot more people involved in a show Right. Right. It's not just because it was his idea and he ran the writer's room doesn't mean that the other contributions are invalid or that those people should get screwed because they put their faith in someone who turned out to be a monster. Right. 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 And so it's it's very hard. Right. Because you do want to boycott these things so that studios make the right decisions. But because Joss has already been fired from his role on this show. So they did do the right thing already. So he probably got bought out and it's like the money he got is what he's getting, regardless of whether Mm -hmm. you watch it or not. So then you can say, okay, cool. I think it's hard because you you mentioned he touched on so many different fandoms and stuff and he's a really good storyteller. But I think also on top of that, full disclosure, and I get judgment for this all the time, I never got into Buffy. I think it, I believe. Yeah, I'm not a Buffy person. I believe it. I know everyone, most people I know are obsessed with it and love it and think it's amazing. I believe it. I don't think they're wrong. I just never got into it. Got super into Dollhouse. Certain other things he'd done. I loved Firefly. But See, I, I forgot think... about Dollhouse. And I loved Dollhouse. Damn it. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I love Dollhouse. And, you know, obviously Avengers this and that. But I also think that, especially with his, his television career, he has a history of writing powerful women mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, too. And that's something that's really sad to lose. Because we yeah. don't get a lot of that. You know, we, we get it, but we don't get as much as we should. And he was doing that when people weren't. But not just lose. It also, for me at least, retroactively sort of taints those things because I'm like, oh, the person who was doing this was an asshole and abusive to people on set, it sounds like, and just all that, you know, it was just not a good person. And does that, to me, it undermines it because I'm like, it's performative, right? You're you're writing these characters, but you don't, you clearly do not believe in them in any way, shape or form. When he's writing characters, he's writing women in a way that would make you truly believe that he respects women. Mm-hmm. Right. And then to find out that's maybe not the case or isn't the case, it's like, well, shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it kind of, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird gut punch in a, in a way that. It is. Yeah. All of these things are, but it's just, this guy is someone who we could usually count on to be telling cool stories. And, you know, maybe this is an exception and some other things. Yeah. <laughs> but- <laughs> Actually, this was not great. So <laughs> moral dilemma is pretty much done. Yeah, yeah, done. Know. Conscience clear. Yeah. We don't have to. I felt, yeah. I felt particularly sad watching it, thinking about you, Jackie. I wasn't sure what you were going to come away with it, having thought yeah. that it just seemed like for you. I know. You know what I mean? Just not she done well, did. but it seemed like something that should be your thing. And it's yeah. not. It was, it was really <laughs> disappointing. I would tell you. I was, 
I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it's like half relief because I don't have to support Joss Whedon anymore, right? And then half just severe disappointment yeah. because it just really feels like it should be up my alley and everything I want and it's really not not i mean again i think it's, it might be for the best because if you had loved it you would have to watch it every week and be like eh. yeah totally. i feel guilty but eh. but at least it's only six episodes so if it was good it's like okay cool and then if there's a hope season two could be good and it's he's completely not involved whatever then it would be okay but it's like yeah it's better yeah. just to say no nope, never mind <laughs> but you bring up a point it's like yeah there's so many other people involved and these these actors and actresses and like i said many of which i personally don't think i'd ever seen it's not to say it can't be a big break for them still but you know you want to support and you want to root for them and it's and and the crew everybody yeah. it's interesting the girl we're calling the main girl i i saw her on broadway in a play mm. and it just it was it was a lot it was a lot i mean the play was good it was fine it was a, it was called the ferryman and it was like it was her, i mostly went to see it because hugh jackman was in it and i ended up like it's a very small theater and it was really close to the stage i was like this is great <laughs> this i'm into it but it was it's a big acting for a small theater okay and okay. uh yeah and i was like oh okay like from her or from yeah, from her okay interesting and it's i guess she originated the role i'm actually i was googling her just now and i yeah she originated the role in the uk her partner is actually the person who wrote it i don't know if they met before or after but anyway yeah so it's, I, I just have this very distinct like theater version of her in my mind but then she's been in other stuff she was in the fall which i really liked mm-hmm. okay. with what's his face the guy from 50 shades and uh <laughs> which i who i don't particularly like except for in that and jillian anderson who's great in that she's amazing yeah but this girl's she's fine yeah i guess i did watch the fall so i guess i had seen her but i didn't really remember her but i knew who olivia she's, williams she- was <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the main girl's only in a couple episodes of The Fall. But okay, that's why. Yeah. The rest of my dude, I did not know. Oh, except for Nick Frost. I love Nick Frost. But also Dennis O'Hare, very out of place. Yeah, that was interesting. And I was like... As American he... as it gets. And I love Dennis O'Hare, but I'm like, will he do anything? <laughs> Which I guess, and to be fair, Possibly. this to be fair, this seemed like a really great idea, I'm sure. But <laughs> he just, sure. he does a lot of things that I'm like, really? Why? I think he's definitely on like HBO's Rolodex. Yeah, he's wonderful, but it's just they're like, oh, you need a character actor here, Dennis. De- Dennis, you, you good? <laughs> like you free? What are you doing on Wednesday? Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What a shame. Lackluster, but yeah, it's a shame all around. Shame that it sucks, but also a shame. Well, it doesn't suck. I shouldn't say, but shame that it's not great, and a shame. No, it it did kind of suck because it, it's yeah, a lot I mean, of setup and not a lot of payoff. Yeah, you're right. It, it and it was sucks. a long episode. I stopped it because I was like, how much longer could it go? Yeah. And yeah, and I was yeah. already at 54 minutes and there were like 10 minutes left. And I was like, well, that is yeah. unfair. And I have a thing. I, I mean, I've probably said this before to both of you too, but the first episode of a show has one job and it is to make me want to watch the next. Mm-hmm. And the first season of a show has one job and it is to make me want to watch a second season if that is what they want, uh, unless it's a one season show. You know, because I have some friends who watch things and they're like, oh, you just got to watch the first five episodes. You just got to watch the first season. The second one's great or something. And I'm like, I'm no, I get it. Sometimes that's what happens. But like, if I'm not into it enough by the first episode to watch a second one, then it's not earning that from me. Like, I'm just over it. <laughs> Generally, I agree with you. There are some shows I've watched that I just, I Parks and Rec is my number one example of a show where I'm like, no, you really just have to get through the first season because they didn't know them. They weren't, they weren't trying to be Parks and Rec. They were trying to be The Office, but with mm. a female boss. 
and then the other big example for me is I couldn't make it through the first season of Breaking Bad when I watched it mm. just because I, I personally I think was in a very stressed out place and I just couldn't deal with the stress of the show but that's like a personal factor but I'm grateful that I revisited it I re- it took me like two more years to watch it and then I binged all of it that was available and caught up but there are some shows and it's I think it's just like where you are personally and what the show speaks to that sometimes you really do need to get through although what was it succession yeah. I don't know if it's like you have to get through the first season but that's the show I just can't get through yeah I couldn't do that but anyway I- I just don't feel a need to, I don't need to watch everything. So it's like, if, if it doesn't hook me, then it's just. Yeah. I have things yeah. that I'm glad I stuck with that I'm like, okay, so like, to your point, Parks and Rec and then Breaking Bad, I, I got sucked into both of those pretty immediately for some reason. But but I could totally see that. I, it's funny, as I said it, and I do believe what I said, I have been going around telling people that are going to watch WandaVision that you really have to watch the first four if you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's very different show. <laughs> And to be fair, the first three episodes should have probably been one. But yes, <laughs> but I think but at I, least you know. at the least at the end of the first Wandavision, everyone was intrigued and wondering what this meant. Yeah, but it's yeah, like and, a, yeah, and I the agree, first like, where, like I, I guess, guess the only ten minutes of those is credits. <laughs> I know. Ugh. I think the only interesting thing that I'm vaguely curious about is when she said that this wasn't her face. Yeah, she oh, did yeah. say that. And so that that was like one of the that was one line where I was like, all right, I kind of want to know what that means, <laughs> but not enough to like I, I don't think not enough to keep going, but yeah, that I, was the I, one I, not... I should have a dozen questions after the first episode. You know what I mean? What does right. this mean? Who are they to each other? What is it? Blah blah blah. And I I have nothing. I have questions that I don't care enough to ask. Yeah. No, like, my main question is why? <laughs> yeah. I don't I'm not gonna get that answer. So no. No. There's another show on HBO Max that actually I have been just sort of like watching in the that's it's uh, has anyone seen Made for Love? No, I've been it's on my radar, but I haven't done it. It's one of those ones I was like, oh, I'm really out of everything. I'll just click, I'll just watch one. Yeah, I'll just watch one. And it's the first episode, I was like, okay, you got me. Hmm. Premise it's it's basically this tech billionaire creates a bubble for him and his wife, and she like escapes it. He's basically trying to create like a synergy between the two of them and to create the perfect couple and be, you know, like the mm-hmm. most in tune things. And it's, it's, I don't know. It's an interesting commentary on like tech and our sort of willingness to allow it into our lives. And as, you so know, it's like WandaVision. It's like WandaVision. <laughs> yeah. But just, they get some of the stuff really right about technology and people who work in tech and like the visionaries in quotes of all this stuff. Yeah. But it was, it, it got me in the first 30 minutes and I was like, there's a bunch of weird stuff in this and I have a lot of questions and I want to keep watching. And so now I've been watching it. Well, there you go. So a I'm, recommendation yeah. for something to do instead of the numbers on HBO Max. Anything, anything else. Ooh. Okay. I was going to say, I can tell you what I would do. I would go right onto HBO Max. And as they were looking for the numbers, I would notice that two pictures down, they added the new mutants and I would watch that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So would so would Dana. Oh, yes, over the Nevers. Yes, my question is, which would you pick, the Nevers or Thunder Force, if you had to watch one again? If I had to watch it again, well, I would pick the Nevers only because it was shorter. Shorter. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair. That's fair. Yeah, I guess I would probably pick the Nevers because it's shorter, but I wouldn't be happy about any of it. I wouldn't be happy about either, though. There's nothing. No, there's no winning in this scenario. This is not meant to be a good question. I know. This is not a pleasant question. Well, now you have yeah. to answer your question. Ooh, I think I would actually pick Thunder Force. Really? I found it easier to zone out and do other things during it mm. as opposed to the Nevers where I kept being like, what? The well, because the Nevers huh? was lying and trying to pretend it had, or like there was something that it was deeper to be understanding here. Whereas Thunder Force yeah. was just, I mean, it, it was what it was. 
you know, yeah. it wasn't like trying to be deep. And I knew that the story of Thunder Force was going to wrap up in two hours and that was going to be done. <laughs> there was an end in sight. There was an end in sight. This, uh, this, yeah. Yeah, I guess that I could see that. I'm not sure there was a plot in Never, so. I, yeah. no. Yeah, because I was going to say that hour felt really long, like you guys, like you both mentioned. So it's. I mean, and and the thing is, is like, if you're not going to introduce the plot in the first episode, unless the plot is literally just they found someone who can speak a bunch of languages and someone else wants that person. Yes. That seems to be so far. (laughs) I mean, sure. Well, I guess we discover that maybe women have been being captive or like kidnapped or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like awkwardly worded. That was that was a struggle to get through there. <laughs> but you're trying. You're trying. You're reaching. You're trying to find plot. Yeah, I was trying to find plot, and, and there isn't much. Yeah. You're literally like me trying to find doom in the MCU right now. <laughs> <laughs> Searching ever, turning over every rock, just being like doom, not yeah. doom. Yeah. There was one point I was like, I know it would not make sense for the characters to know this, but as soon as the girls started speaking multiple languages, this is the last thing I'll say about the Nevers. I like I heard Chinese in there, and I was like, oh, she's oh my god. She's just speaking other languages. Like, everyone calm down. She's not speaking in tongues. I know in the century they were, like, the world they've set up, it doesn't make sense, but I still hated it. Yeah. Just a lot. Yeah. If that's the person that we need to, like, introduce in the first episode, you couldn't have picked a different power. Well, especially because they're talking about God called me to do this and I killed the devil and all these different things. It's kind of like you could really be, like, speaking in ancient tongues type of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you could make it any power you wanted it to be. Right? I mean, maybe it becomes important later that she can speak every language or something, but... We're not going to find out. I, yeah. We find I'm, out finding out. I'm not going to be there for it, so... No, we will not. Well, and what's sad about that is not only did we not get plot, but we also didn't get interesting character. No, no. So... We did not. We got new Built on both things. fronts. Yeah. Well, thank you both for slogging through the latter two. Yeah. Yes, thank you so much. Thank me for slogging through the first one. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know you had a rough week. Uh, it's yeah it was not a it was not a an uplifting week for me but we will we will resume watching things next week thank you both thank you thank you as always to jackie and matt for joining and now a couple of follow-up points we talked about zoolander 2 and Kristen wig during our discussion of thunder force Kristen wig does play i think a more nefarious character in zoolander 2 she's at least in the film i didn't see it because i just didn't want to ruin my enjoyment of zoolander but i don't think she's the outright villain she does however play not not a well-intentioned character and then as for the nevers there are actually 12 episodes of the nevers six sound like they've been produced joss whedon is the producer on six of the them, and he cited the strains of production in COVID for leaving, so he wasn't outright fired. It sounds like we don't know what the back end of that deal is, but it doesn't sound like they were like, oh no, you're fired, you're severing ties, there's no financial penalty, I'm assuming. It's also TBD whether or not those second set of episodes that are considered season one are ever going to make it to air, but one of the producers of the show is set to see those through to the end, should they make it to the end. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.